Chapter 5 Cooking Music and Unsaid Words Remus sat on the steps of his back porch with a half-full mug of coffee. It was still a little warm, although it had been left unintended on the counter for at least an hour while its owner started tonight's dinner in the slow cooker. Since the weather was starting to get cooler, Remus was finally able to pull out the winter recipes he had been missing, and having three other people over tonight meant he was making a large pot of smoky chili and a full skillet of buttery cornbread. Having gotten the chili started in the slow cooker meant that Remus had the rest of the day to clean and prepare for his guests. After finishing his coffee, Remus connected his phone to the Bluetooth speaker he had recharged a few days ago and shuffled all songs from his music library. He skipped a few until landing on Ingrid Michelson's Celebrate. Once the opening percussive guitar plucking started, Remus clicked the volume up twice and started cleaning. He sang along and started to feel better about tonight's predicament. He wasn't exactly sure where he stood with Sirius, but he knew that he had been able to be friends with him thus far, and was confident that they could maintain their friendship, even after his conversation with Lily. Remus aired out the unused bedrooms and made sure there were fresh sheets in case anyone spent the night. He cleaned the bathrooms and put away all of the things he actually used because companies shouldn't know that their host uses deodorant. Instead, seashells and candles should be on the counter. He dusted the white wall on one side of the back porch so that their episode of Downton Abbey could be projected upon it later. Finally, it was three in the afternoon and Remus was ready to relax in the library for a while. He pulled out his old, worn copy of Persuasion by Jane Austen. Lily had claimed that it was more humorous than Pride and Prejudice, and Remus was going to check her facts for her. At 4.30, Remus heard the sound of tires coming down the gravel drive. He realized he had never given his guests a time to arrive, but hoped no one would be disappointed that dinner wouldn't be ready until 6. Remus opened the front door and stepped outside, wanting to see who had come early. It was Sirius, currently swinging one leg over the motorcycle and removing his helmet. Remus watched as he ran his fingers through his hair a few times, before trying to check his reflection in the visor. Remus alerted Sirius to his presence with a stifled laugh. Sirius's face was a bit red as he turned to face Remus. Oh, hi there. Hi, Remus returned. You're here early. Thought I'd help you get everything ready, Sirius said with a casual smile, then suddenly furrowed his eyebrows. Is that okay? I should have texted you first, I guess. Remus smiled. No, no, you're totally fine. Come in. Sirius joined him on the porch and embraced him in a warm hug. Remus realized that they were nearly the same height due to Sirius's Doc Martens and Remus's socks. I brought you a host gift, Sirius said as they stepped back from the hug. He handed the candle to Remus. An Earl Grey scented candle? Remus questioned, letting his eyes travel from the candle in his hand to Sirius's hopeful face. I got it because you don't like the dark either, and I thought about getting a honey-scented one, but that seemed too on the nose, and I thought you would be a tea person based on what you brought to Lillian James's last week. Remus smiled. I love it. Thank you. As it turned out, there wasn't much to prepare for, since Remus had done most of the work in the morning. They decided to make brownies together, even though Lily had promised to bring all the unhealthy movie snacks for tonight. 
Sirius was more familiar with the kitchen layout than last time, but Remus still had to push him out of the way a few times, playfully and platonically, he told himself. When Sirius licked the batter off the mixing spoon, Remus protested, Hey, that has raw egg in it. Sirius laughed before setting his face into a serious stare and winking as he licked the spoon again. The eggs were pasteurized, he said in a seductive tone. Remus's face was on fire, and he tried to make his mind focus on anything but Sirius's teasing. You can get E. coli from uncooked flour, he said resolutely and turned away from Sirius, who continued to laugh. Remus concentrated on putting the pan of brownies into the hot oven and setting a timer on his phone. Soon enough, the kitchen smelled like a wonderful mixture of brownies and Earl Grey tea, with a hint of the warm spices and the chili, which complemented the others. The men stood side by side to wash the dishes at the sink. Every other measuring cup or spoon handed to Remus to rinse was accompanied by a playful flick of water from Sirius. Remus laughed, not minding if his shirt got a little wet. He intended to change into nicer clothes before James and Lily arrived anyways, Sirius's early arrival having prevented him from doing so already. When Sirius picked up the mixing bowl that had been used for the brownies, he swiped a finger through the residual batter. Remus caught his wrist before Sirius could bring his hand to his mouth. Salmonella, E. coli, food poisoning, Remus listed. But it tastes so good, Sirius whined. Here, you try it. Remus was still holding Sirius's wrist, but loosely, as he watched Sirius bring his hand to Remus's mouth. He swiped the batter against Remus's bottom lip lightly, and Remus's stomach of butterflies kicked into overdrive. Remus licked his lips but had no idea what the brownie batter tasted like. Instead, he was very distracted by his proximity to the raven-haired man. Sirius's eyes flicked from Remus's eyes down to his lips once, twice. Then he started to lean in. Alarm bells went off in Remus's head and he stepped away from Sirius quickly, eyes wide in shock. Sorry, I... Uh, Sirius said, body frozen in place and head now turned 90 degrees away from Remus. Sorry. No, it's, um... Remus started, ah, just need to change my clothes, um... I'll be right back. He gestured to the water spots on his shirt that were already starting to dry, but Sirius still wasn't looking at him. Remus realized he should talk to Sirius like the mature adult that he was, but he had already started walking down the hallway and decided to give himself the time it took to change into a dark blue button-down shirt and jeans to think. As he walked up the stairs to his bedroom, he let his mind think a steady stream of fuck, 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 fuck. But once he crossed through the threshold, he stopped. He liked Sirius, and he liked the fact that Sirius was showing interest in him. He would have liked to kiss Sirius in the kitchen right now, and he would have liked to drag Sirius up to the bedroom where he was currently taking his shirt off by himself, to put a new shirt on, but still. What he didn't like was the uncertainty of their situation. Remus could go with the flow in most aspects, but not with this. He needed to know if Sirius was in all the way, or even if it made sense to risk trying a real relationship if he could end up losing some great friends if it didn't work. By the time Remus had changed and was checking himself in the mirror, he had calmed down most of the way. He just needed to have an honest conversation with Sirius, tell him how he felt, and go from there. He'd do it right now, he decided, as he walked down the stairs. Sirius, I think we need to talk, he called as he walked into the kitchen and saw James and Lily standing in the doorway. 
Sirius's face trying to decide between surprise and embarrassment. Remus's eyes widened momentarily, but he recovered in time. About letting strangers into my house, you know I am the host here, he finished lamely, but smiled when James laughed and clapped him on the back. Lily gave him a smile and a hug, but when she pulled back, her eyes questioned him. Well, Remus thought at least he had convinced James that nothing was wrong. Oh, the gift, Lily, James started excitedly. The host gift for the host. James rifled through the two tote bags they had brought, unearthing a mountain of movie snacks into Remus's kitchen island. Wow, Lily, you weren't kidding when you said you were bringing all the unhealthy movie snacks, Remus said in awe. Sirius seemed to regain his usual extrovertedness and started picking through the items. Lily, he called in a reproachful tone. One of these things is not like the other. He held up a large jar of dill pickles from the pile of chips, popcorn, candy, and chocolate. I'm pregnant, she answered indignantly. James grinned at the exchange, finally finding what he had been looking for. Remus, he said, thank you for having us over tonight. He handed over the set of four stone drink coasters. They're bees, James said unnecessarily. Remus grinned. Oh, they're awesome. Thanks, you two. Suddenly, the alarm on his phone went off and Remus immediately turned to Sirius. Oh my god, the brownies. Sirius looked at him for the first time since whatever incident it was they had had, and they turned their attention to the oven. The brownies weren't overcooked, and Remus set them on top of the stove to cool. You guys made brownies? Lily asked. I knew something smelled good. She gave Remus another questioning look and he tried to shrug stealthily. It's not like he had the answers for her anyway. Whatever it was going on between him and Sirius was apparently not getting addressed if he was taking any cues from Sirius. The dynamic of the group continued to play out, calming Remus's nerves. James and Lily sat at the kitchen island stools as Remus finished up the cornbread and put it into the oven, while Sirius started to bartend. He had brought along a few items to make mixed drinks, which Lily could easily partake in by excluding the alcohol. When Sirius slid Remus a fresh mint-topped mojito, he thanked him and took a large sip. He had to concentrate on not coughing. It was very strong, which was probably a good thing. The pranking was not left unperformed. Lily had covertly stolen a bowl of ice cubes from Sirius earlier and was adding one to James's glass every time he took a sip. The level of the liquid in his glass stayed almost overfilled for about 15 minutes, and James didn't seem to realize something was off when he kept having to lean down to sip from the completely full glass. At one point, Sirius looked up at James suddenly with wide eyes. James, don't panic, Sirius said, clearly panicking. What? What is it? James asked, starting to panic. Just don't move. Oh my god. It's, there's, um, on your shoulder. Which one? Which shoulder? James demanded, face turning pale. His face was almost completely still, but he had started to move away from Lily slowly. Remus couldn't help but feel affection for the man who tried to protect his girlfriend, even in the face of absent danger. The right shoulder, it's no, don't look! Sirius held a hand out grimacing as if deciding between walking closer to James and staying still. It's, it's a bee, he finished in a stage whisper. James gasped. He had now backed all the way up to the wall. His eyebrows were completely hidden under his mess of curls. Are you sure? James whispered back and Sirius nodded. Or is it really? James started again, then flung his arm behind him to the light switches and grinned maniacally. 
the dark. He flipped the switches and Sirius let out a little scream as the room went dark. Lily cackled in laughter and there was only a second of darkness before Sirius's phone flashlight guided his path to James, who he tried to put in a headlock. <laughs> Sorry, Remus, James called from under Sirius's arm. Collateral damage for the fear thing, but I hope you agree it was worth it. If you don't agree, that's fine too, I still would have done it. All Remus could do was laugh. As he took another sip of his mojito, Remus remarked that the evening was going to go just fine. All right, I guess we're both 15 minutes away from dinner, Remus announced as he pulled the cornbread out of the oven. Perfect, Lily said, standing up. Just enough time for James to show me your bees, Remus. Um, what? James said as Lily took his arm and started walking towards the back porch. Lily shook her head and laughed quietly. <laughs> You're going to stand a hundred yards away from the bees with me and tell me about them, she amended. When the back door closed and Sirius and Remus were left in the kitchen, Remus grimaced at the awkwardness of Lily forcing them to be alone together. So, Sirius started. You, you said we should talk? Sirius, I'm so sorry. Also for yelling that down the stairs without checking to see if anyone else was here yet. Remus made a pained facial expression. You have nothing to apologize for, Sirius said calmly. Um, I just... He started to fiddle with the oven mitt Remus had left on the counter earlier. Can we just be friends? I like being your friend. Yeah, Remus said, relieved. I like being your friend too. Sirius looked grateful. I'm sorry for earlier. I, I guess I wasn't thinking. Remus felt a quick stab of frustration and wondered if that was the excuse Sirius used when he made mistakes in the past. But he shook it off. It's okay, he said and meant it. Hug it out. Sirius smiled, and he crossed the gap to hug Remus tightly. Friends, he asked. Friends, Remus answered. Dinner went smoothly. Lily's eyes darted between Sirius and Remus a few times during the meal, until seemingly have determined that everything was fine, and began acting normal again. James was very complimentary of the food, and Sirius agreed that it was perfectly heartwarming for a chilly fall day. Conversation about the seasons led to conversation about Halloween, which led James monologuing a litany of Sirius's past costumes. James and Lily were hosting their annual costume party again this year, and James told Remus he had to come, and he better start brainstorming a good costume now because you will not be allowed inside without one. Remus only needed to take a glance at Lily's firm nod to understand that they meant it. Sirius, do you know what you're going to do this year? James asked. I haven't thought about it yet, I confess, Sirius said gravely. I'm sure you'll be able to find some perfectly respectable costume and rip a few strategic holes in it to make it a slutty whatever it is. James laughed. Hey, Sirius protested. I prefer the term sexy whatever it is, not slutty, and also I'm a bit more original than just ripping pieces of a pre-made costume. In what ways are you more creative than just ripping pieces of a pre-made costume? Lily deadpanned, taking the bait. Sirius looked at her smugly. I have also been known to leave some pieces out completely. After dinner, the group lounged in the living room. Lily and Remus agreed that they would have the brownies now and save the movie snacks for during Downton Abbey. Hey, Remus, Sirius said suddenly through a mouthful of brownie. You should bring out your guitar for us. Remus said no at the same time James and Lily both said yes. 
James started to chant the word please over and over, somehow not needing a break for air. Mostly out of shock, Remus found himself getting to his feet to retrieve the guitar from where he had left it earlier in the library. After tuning and strumming a few chords, Sirius spoke up again. He also sings. What? I need to hear this, James said. I love live music. The man keeps bees. He cooks. He plays guitar. He sings. Quite the renaissance man, wouldn't you say, Sirius? Remus felt the familiar butterflies in his stomach from having attention on him, and Lily noticed and tried to help him out. Hey, James, she said, why don't you sing the first song while Remus plays the guitar to get us started here? Remus looked at her gratefully, and James agreed and shifted to sit closer to Remus. Do you know Hallelujah from Shrek? Remus dissolved into laughter. What? James said indignantly. It's a great song. It's a great movie. Sorry, sorry. Remus tried to regain his voice. It's just, you know that wasn't written specifically for that movie, right? Not exactly tied to the film, as it were? Uh Uh-huh. But you know it, don't you? James said. Remus nodded his head amusedly and started to strum through the chords of the song. James sang in a hilariously low-pitched voice, at least a full octave lower than his speaking voice. At dramatic parts in the lyrics, he dropped to one knee and gestured up to Lily. After she swatted him away from trying to kiss her hand, he shuffled, still on one knee to Sirius. All in all, the song sounded good, and Remus thought James's performance was a perfect tribute to the Shrek franchise. Next, Remus played Kesha's song Godzilla. Sirius recognized the chords immediately. You really do know it on guitar, he said excitedly. Remus sang the first verse through, his cheeks had turned from flaming red to a less dramatic pink by the time the first chorus started. To his surprise, Sirius joined in to sing harmonies. Remus looked up and grinned at Sirius. I didn't know you sang too. They sang the rest of the song together, their voices blending surprisingly well. Remus noticed Lily not too subtly recording on her phone. Wow, James said. That was so good. I mean, it still wasn't featured in Shrek, but still, so good. As James said about refilling drinks for everyone, Remus's fingers began to strum idly. Soon enough, he found he was playing the introductory chords to Hosier's song, Cherry Wine. Remus lost himself in the song, only barely noticing Lily reaching for James's hand and gently swaying against him. He closed his eyes and sang the final chorus. The way she shows me I'm hers and she is mine Open hand or closed fist It was only when Remus opened his eyes again after finishing to hear Lily's gentle snaps and quiet, it was beautiful Remus, that he noticed Sirius. The dark-haired man was crying silently, grey eyes looking lighter when contrasted to the bloodshot whites. James was rubbing Sirius's back gently, and Remus suddenly didn't know what to do. I'm sorry, Sirius said in a choked voice. Your singing was beautiful. I'm not crying because it was bad or anything. 
He let out a tear-streaked laugh, which turned into a sniff. The lyrics just kind of hit close to home for me. Remus suddenly realized what he meant. He cursed himself for casually playing a song written about domestic violence and stood up to grab a box of tissues. Thank you, Sirius said as Remus handed him the box. I'm fine. Really sorry for this. No, you're totally fine. Don't worry. Remus tried to assure him. James pulled Sirius into a tight hug and held him for a solid 30 seconds. Eventually, Sirius pulled back and rose to his feet. I'm just gonna go use the bathroom real quick. Once Remus heard the bathroom door click close, he grimaced and turned to James. I'm sorry, I really should have thought before. You didn't know, it's okay, James cut him off. His family, he started and took in a breath, was terrible, is terrible, he corrected. But he's in a better spot now and he's going to be fine. He probably just wants a few minutes to himself right now. Lily nodded. We should get the show queued up in the meantime. When Sirius emerged from the bathroom, he seemed to be totally fine, but Remus still felt a stab of guilt for causing the other man to revisit painful memories. With snacks, blankets, and pillows, they were all ready to press play on Remus's laptop. The back porch of the farmhouse held one white wall at the end, which was perfect for projecting movies onto. It was chilly outside, but there were plenty of blankets and sweaters, and they were all comfortable. Fairy lights wound along the railings and kept the space just bright enough for Remus to not worry about being in the dark. James and Lily had commandeered one corner of the porch, with Lily sitting between James's legs, leaning back against his chest. Sirius and Remus were more spread out, with Remus in the opposite corner and Sirius somewhere in between. After a few minutes of quiet shivering, Remus felt another blanket get tossed over his shoulders and looked up to see Sirius scooting in next to him. I can't let you freeze to death just because the pregnant woman took all the blankets, Sirius said, and Remus smiled at him. Hey, no talking during the show, James said. Remus laughed quietly. He was glad he had already seen Downton Abbey, since he was distracted by the warmth of Sirius's arm pressed against his. After about 20 minutes, Lily called out, pause. Once Remus paused the show, she hassled her way into a standing position and explained, the pregnant woman needs to pee. When she went inside, James complained of being cold. He wormed his way under the blankets Sirius and Remus were sharing and wrapped an arm around them both. Now aren't we all cozy, he said with a shit-eating grin. When Lily re-emerged with a jar of pickles in one hand and a fork in the other, she cooed. This is too cute. No one move an inch, she said as she held the fork to her mouth while taking a picture. Adorable, she reaffirmed, but James, come back, I'm cold. After the episode ended, the night had gotten noticeably colder and the snacks and pickles had been significantly reduced. The group followed Remus inside, Lily and James settling in on the sofa in the living room while Sirius helped Remus tidy up the kitchen. Eventually, it was time for bed and Remus showed James and Lily to a guest room and Sirius to another. Sirius followed Remus back out of the room, however. Remus had been planning on going back to the kitchen to check what ingredients he had on hand to throw together in the morning for breakfast but Sirius walked up behind him as they silently passed James and Lily's now-closed door, and he decided to duck into the library instead. They settled into big leather armchairs facing each other. I'm sorry for trying to kiss you today without asking you first, and I'm sorry for jeopardizing our friendship by doing that at all, and I'm sorry for reacting so much when you played that song. 
It was really beautiful, by the way. It just, it took me off guard. Sirius paused to take a breath. My parents were abusive growing up. It's taken me a long time since then, but I've been recovering from it. Part of the reason I like working with kids is because I want to be a good adult in their lives and be able to recognize and help any of them that are going through something like I did. Remus nodded and gave Sirius time to continue before he spoke up. That must have been really hard, Sirius. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It makes sense that you reacted the way you did to the song and I promise to be more cognizant of it going forward. Also, he said with a smile, you are amazing with the kids. You're going to be everyone's favorite teacher. I think you already are. Sirius smiled softly. <laughs> Thank you. After a few seconds of silence, Sirius stood from his chair. Okay, I'm pretty sleepy, so it's probably bedtime for real now. I just wanted to talk to you beforehand about those things. Remus stood too. I'm glad you did. You're pretty special, you know. I really like being friends with you. They hugged and walked back up to Sirius's room and hugged again before Remus said goodnight and went upstairs to his own room. Remus flopped down on his bed and reflected on the evening. A lot had happened. Sirius had tried to kiss him and Remus had stepped away. Remus was glad they were still on good terms as friends now, but wondered how Sirius really felt. Remus had stepped away from the kiss because he wanted something real, because he was heeding Lily's warning, and because he didn't want to mess anything up. He didn't exactly have a chance to explain that to Sirius, what with Lily and James arriving and all. In the same evening, Remus had managed to make Sirius cry by reminding him of his shitty childhood, and later practically cuddle with him during the whole show. And throughout the whole night, he was also bonding as friends with James and Lily. One story below him and about 15 feet to the left, Sirius was lying awake in his bed, replaying the same events. In his head, however, Remus had stepped away from the kiss because he simply didn't have feelings for Sirius. That was fine, he thought, because he could get over his crush on Remus. He just needed time, and maybe also to give the dating apps another shot. At least they were still good friends.